welcome to today's episode of A Journey to Loving Yourself, a podcast that guides you on a journey of rediscovering who you truly are so you can love yourself and the world around you unconditionally. Hey, I'm Fran and I'm on an amazing journey of self-love. A big part of this journey has been realising that love was always there. It's just a case of removing any blocks that were preventing me from loving myself. This journey has inspired me to help people rediscover that love within themselves because self-love really is the key to a happy life. And my name is Andrew. After undergoing a significant spiritual awakening, I found what I have always been looking for, the unconditional peace, love and joy of remembering the truth of who I am and the truth of existence. This is the only truth there is, that there is only oneness, awareness or love. I'm now dedicating my life to helping as many people as possible to remember this truth so that you too can experience this incredible discovery. We are so excited to be on this journey with you, offering you advice, tools and exercises to find love once again within yourself. If you enjoy this podcast, we would be super grateful if you could like, rate and review it. You can find us on Instagram at at surrendercommunity and at fearlessly.me.now. We also have a mailing list if you would like to receive exclusive discounts and be kept up to date with events and courses. Just find the link in the episode description. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hello beautiful beings, welcome to another episode of A Journey to Loving Yourself. Thank you for tuning in once again. I have had a very interesting week and we're going to do a podcast episode soon on a higher form of relationships so I think it will be great to chat things through with you then. Um, I know that sounds very cryptic but you're going to want to tune in because it's quite an interesting one and today we're going to talk about the inner child now I've been drawn to inner child work for a while now there's something about it that just seems super powerful I did a meditation maybe a few months ago um, on healing the inner child it involved revisiting a younger version of yourself as the person that you are now and maybe giving them a hug telling them what they need to hear and I remember just bawling (laughs) crying so much finding it so healing I think that really helped me realize that I want to look into this more so this last week I have trained I've done a course in matrix re-imprinting what is that I hear you cry (laughs) Well, it definitely doesn't mean that I'm going to change my name to Trudy, start wearing all black leather and avoid bullets. Lol. (laughs) The idea is that you go back to a traumatic memory as the version of you now and you introduce yourself to that past version of you and we call it the echo that you're visiting, the younger self. So you go back to visit your echo, you tell them you're from the future, you tell them you're here to help them and we do some tapping to remove the 
the emotions that they're feeling during that after that trauma has happened so for example they might have been in a car crash and you get in the car with them and then you tap on them to remove their fear their upset and anxiety and then you ask them what they need in this situation so what did that younger version of you need maybe using the car crash example again you needed a warm blanket around you you needed your mum and dad there so we'll bring in your mum and dad to give you a hug to let you know that it's all going to be okay and the act of doing this reframes that memory in a more of a positive way we can bring in angels, we can play your favourite song, we can bring in anyone that you want. You could bring in your dog to keep you comfort. It's such a powerful thing and honestly I, I can't recommend it enough to anyone. And I know that we've called this inner child but you don't have to have been a child at the time. You can go back to any trauma, could be some trauma that you've experienced recently. There is a benefit to going back to younger childhood memories and the reason is because we create a lot of our self-beliefs up to the age of six. These are programmed beliefs that we help determine how our life pans out for us and unfortunately some of these are negative beliefs. So an example is, I am not lovable. Something might have happened during a childhood experience which led a child to believe that they are not lovable. Maybe they nursery and someone left them out. That might have left them feeling unlovable. And they've then saved that <laughs> as a programme on their computer desktop. I'm saying computer desktop, but I mean saved in their brain, their subconscious brain, that they are not lovable. And what we humans love to do is we love to find ways of then reinforcing that belief throughout our whole life. And then, so that child that felt they were unlovable, they'll then have another experience where perhaps their partner breaks up with them. And that then reinforces the idea that, again, they aren't lovable. And then later on, someone might make a comment about their looks. And again, it reinforces, I am not lovable. And so this negative self-belief can continue throughout their whole life where they feel unlovable. What we can do through Matrix is we can go back to where these negative self-beliefs started and we can reframe what happened so that in that moment, as a child, when they felt unlovable, we can make them feel lovable. If you can change, flip that negative self-belief into a positive one where you feel lovable, then you will continue reinforcing that belief in your life, knowing I am lovable. 
I know the term inner child is flying about quite a lot at the moment, so I'd just love to clarify what what is an inner child. You can see it as a direct representation of yourself in your early years. It's a collection of your developmental stages you've passed through and a symbol of youthful dreams and playfulness. Thinking about your inner child can take you to a place of joy and feeling carefree. But if you've experienced trauma or neglect or physical pain as a child, which pretty much everyone has of some kind, your inner child might seem small, hurt and in need of some protection. You may have buried this pain deep to hide it and protect yourself. But hiding pain doesn't heal it. Instead, as I've said earlier in the podcast, it resurfaces in adult life, showing up as distress in personal relationships or difficulty meeting your own needs. When we create these negative self-beliefs about ourselves as a child, we do what we can to continue that story and reinforce what we think we are. Hi, Andrew. How are you today? Hi, Fran. Well, how am I since yesterday when we recorded the last episode? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much the same, actually. Good. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the inner child? When we are young children, we are innocent as we have not yet been corrupted by the world. We don't yet have such strongly held negative beliefs. We haven't had enough experiences that have triggered negative emotions within us. When we do experience emotions, we haven't yet got into the habit of suppressing them, so we show it when we're upset or happy or angry. There is no ego voice in our head yet. We are a lot more present and we are more playful and joyful as we haven't yet subscribed to the seriousness of the world. In short, we express who we came here to be when we are young children. However, as we get older, we become conditioned by our parents, teachers, religions and media. We are more exposed to the intensity of the world. We are taught to suppress our emotions. And life becomes so serious, being constantly told to grow up. We end up becoming these depressed, materialistic, serious machines that are cogs in the wheels of society. A spiritual awakening is all about deprogramming and unconditioning yourself, taking yourself off autopilot, finding the joy in life again, and becoming like children once again, innocent, playful, creative, dancing, singing, laughing, and not taking life so seriously. But to get to that point, a lot of healing needs to happen first. In particular, you need to properly process the trauma you have experienced, particularly when you were a child, as well as dropping negative beliefs that were programmed into you. This is what's known as inner child work. To properly process trauma, you must revisit the trauma in your mind to bring up any suppressed emotions, and then you must allow yourself to feel those emotions until they transform into love, understanding, acceptance and or peace. There is no other way around it. You have to feel those emotions. Forgiveness of others is the process of transforming anger 
into love, understanding and acceptance of another. While forgiveness of self is the process of transforming guilt into love, understanding and acceptance of yourself. It's an internal process and one that happens on its own as you feel your emotions. Each time you properly process a suppressed emotion, it feels like a huge weight has been lifted and you feel lighter and less dense. So you can imagine that once you remove all that density from within you, you will naturally be more playful, joyful and not take life so seriously. To drop the negative beliefs you picked up as a child, you must first become aware of what those negative beliefs are. Then inquire to yourself if you first formed those negative beliefs based on your experiences or because they were programmed into you by others. What you'll find is that most of your negative beliefs were given to you by others and because you accepted them as truth, they became your beliefs and controlled your life. But when you realise they weren't based on your true experiences, the beliefs no longer have a hold on you and so it feels like they are a huge weight that you drop. When you realise these beliefs don't have a solid foundation, they crumble on their own. Everyone's inner child still exists within them. They haven't disappeared, but are just buried deep within. Your inner child is so beautiful, but so scared to come out. You must remove all the layers of dense energy you have imprisoned them within, and then tell them that it is now safe to come out. Hold their hand as you introduce them back into the world again. This time, they have you to protect them. And watch how your inner child blossoms and shares their beauty to the world as a result. Beautiful, Andrew. It's so powerful, this stuff, isn't it? Can you give me an example of something that you've healed your inner child from? Yeah, I think... uh one very common one which I know you're uh, starting to face head on now and uh, take on as a challenge is the belief that you're an inconvenience or a nuisance I remember as a child my parents always made me feel like you know I'm the cause of their all their frustration and anger and even being told by my mother like she was clearly depressed in her relationship with my dad uh, but she's always saying I'm staying with him for the kids for you guys and this obviously makes you feel like you're a cause you're the reason that she's choosing to stay in suffering mm. uh, obviously that wasn't the case but usually when people say that is just fear fear that they don't want to mm. they don't want to embrace the world on their own and they've gotten so used to being with a partner, so they'd rather be in a negative relationship. But anyway, yes, that was quite a big one. Um, always feeling like a nuisance. And what exactly did you do to overcome that? Well, there was processing certain emotions when uh, my parents or anyone else uh, was projecting anger at me and blaming me for things. And then... I guess as I go about everyday life and those thoughts of oh, I'm in someone's way or I'm inconveniencing another person, just reminding myself, no, actually, no, you are a great being. You deserve to be here as much as anyone else. And you have the right to do what you want in life, you know. So 
it's um, after you know several reminders it, that becomes the new uh, truth within you, mm -hmm. and you sort of get rid of it replaces that negative belief, and uh, also. I realized that we treat others how we treat ourselves. So by thinking I was a nuisance, I would also think other people were a nuisance to me mm -hmm. or getting in my way. So once I started treating other people like the way that I want to, to be treated, mm -hmm. that helped me not treat myself and not, not believe that I was a nuisance myself. So nowadays, yeah, I just go about life and literally just enjoying life enjoying doing what i want to do and not a single <laughs> thought comes into my head anymore that i'm in someone's way or i'm a nuisance or inconveniencing them that's great we were we were literally talking about this yesterday weren't we where um it, you know if you're driving on the motorway and someone cuts you up it's like it's difficult not to think that that's a nuisance isn't it but um if you kind of look at the situation from a point of view that, oh, okay, I've probably cut someone up in the past. That's been me before. So I can treat this person with some compassion and not just get really annoyed at them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Any other examples you'd like to share? When I was a child, I think I've talked about this in another episode. I wasn't, there was a period in my life where Pretty much everyone that I interacted with didn't like me for whatever reason. And yes, that did have um, an effect of me in the sense of believing that I wasn't perhaps lovable, lovable uh, loved by others at the time or, yeah, lovable. Um, even though I did sort of still love myself, it was just, you know, from others, it didn't seem like that at the time. And even though since that phase in my life, there's been many people, thankfully, who've replaced those people who didn't love me and have shown me love. But still, those things from childhood still are working subconsciously in the mm -hmm. background. So I had to um, process a lot of those emotions, suppressed emotions relating to that time. And obviously getting to know who I truly am completely, it was almost as if I allowed light to enter into my system and just cleanse all this stuff related to not loving myself it almost happened instantly mm. and once I realized who I was because I realized like as we've talked about before this whole game of not loving yourself is just a silly silly temporary ride so true isn't it We've even said that we need to <laughs> we need to rename the podcast, weren't we? Because the idea of loving yourself is silly when you are love. Yeah, <laughs> you have to get rid of the self to experience love. That's the <laughs> that's the irony. Yeah, so there may be a, a rebrand incoming, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. So, do you have any questions for me? When you have healed your inner child or have taken steps to heal uh, your inner child, uh, don't you feel just so much lighter and don't you feel it's, um, it's helped you take life a lot less seriously? Yeah, 
I mean, doing this inner child work on myself, I, I almost feel an instant change in myself, in my well-being, in the way that I'm thinking and how, how loving and positive I feel. Um, it just feels so amazing to be able to reframe past events in a way that I can show up more positively and lovingly as an adult Mm. and to just yeah to just feel playful again is such a lovely feeling I I realized now that I went through a phase of just taking things a lot more seriously yeah at the retreats we one of the things we do is play childhood games and you could just get lost in it and just giggle like a child again and it's it's just amazing yeah like as you said um to me before the matrix re-imprinting is is essentially time traveling back to when you're a kid and kind of changing it having the power to change that experience in your mind so that those past negative experiences no longer have a hold on you or no longer Mm. affect you creating a different positive situation and then that travels forward in time to your present self and it makes those positive changes to you now so it's quite it's quite a good technique if anyone is ever interested in uh, doing it by all means contact Fran yeah hit me up because <laughs> <laughs> I was saying earlier we've obviously got these negative beliefs that we made about us or decided about ourselves when we were younger but matrix turns them into positive beliefs like I am lovable and then you will then continue reaffirming that through your life events right then Andrew <laughs> what exercises do you have for us today so the first one, um, so I've done a inner child meditation video on YouTube. So I would recommend doing that meditation at least once. Fran will put a link to it in the description of this podcast. The other exercise, just play your favorite game at, that you enjoyed as a kid. You know, what was yours, Fran? I always used to love... Um dub dub in or hide and seek i think there's multiple names for dub dub in do you know which one i'm talking about where there's the base where people have to hide and then get back to the base before the person that's on gets back yeah 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 i love that game i loved like any uh game where i'm being chased (laughs) because i used to wear those pumps do you remember pumps yeah the black ones black pumps that you wear (laughs) as a kid and to me they just magically made me super fast (laughs) that was just what i felt and um yeah i just remember just running around in the playground being chased that was that was always uh, fond memories (laughs) but i did like uh as you know heads down thumbs up oh yeah so, yeah when i when i explain what that game is to people they're like that sounds terrible <laughs> i don't know it's just something about it i think because it was the game you played when the teachers had just like run out of stuff to teach us <laughs> so, so it's kind of like always so it's it's never a game that's played just 
casually when you're with friends. It's just a game that's played in a classroom. Um, and I guess all kids prefer that than being taught something. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> Simple yet effective. Yeah, exactly. All right, then. Well, I'll leave a link, yeah, as you say, in the description to Andrew's lovely meditation. I've done it before and found it. I think that's one. I think, yeah, I think that's the one I mentioned earlier where I was I was crying a lot. So <laughs> get the tissues ready maybe as well. Mm-hmm. And then we'll do the joke now. So I don't have a formal joke per se, but do you one better? I'll share a story. <laughs> oh, actually, no, I do have a joke. I do have a joke. I'll do the joke and then I'll share a story. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, you as uh, as you know, Fran, we both love fart jokes. <laughs> this is one thing that you're told to grow up from and you're not supposed to find farts funny as an adult, but mm. we find them probably even funnier than <laughs> kids. Um, so here's a fart joke for you. Let's, let's not take life so seriously, okay? During lunch at work, I ate three plates of beans. When I got home, my girlfriend seemed excited to see me and exclaimed delightedly, Darling, I have a surprise for dinner tonight. She then blindfolded me and led me to my chair at the dinner table. I took a seat and just as she was about to remove my blindfold, her phone rang. She made me promise not to touch the blindfold until she returned from answering the call. The beans I had consumed were starting to make my tummy rumble. And so, while my girlfriend was out of the room, I seized the opportunity to let one go. But once I started, I could not stop and kept shifting my weight from one leg to the other, one cheek to the other, releasing several atomic bombs, which, in full honesty, was some of my smelliest work. (laughs) I could hear that my girlfriend was saying her goodbyes on the phone. And so I wafted the farts away and acted like nothing happened. My girlfriend returned to the room and did not suspect a thing. I got away with it, I thought. She asked me if I had touched the blindfold and I said no. (laughs) She then said, ready? Then took the blindfold off, at which time the 12 guests that had been sitting around the dinner table the whole time started (laughs) singing happy birthday. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, The funny story I'm sharing was from when I was a kid. And from the years of year three to year, like, just one term into year six, I went to, like, quite a common school, shall we say. (laughs) And me and my friends, after we had our school lunch, we would pick up our plates and just lick whatever's left on that plate as you do and I think the school dinner ladies were thankful you know less washing up to do (laughs) but then um, I moved to London midway through year six and it was I moved to a private school and my first school lunch there I was in the dinner hall and I'd finished my lunch and picked up my plate, uh, as I usually do, and started licking. And then once I'd finished licking, I lowered the plate down, looked above the plate and saw everyone in the dinner (laughs) dinner hall just staring at me, completely stopped what they were doing. 
And I, I just turned around to my friend and was like, what's going on? And they said, yeah, we don't do that here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you need to do some inner child work on that <laughs> situation? <laughs> You'd think I would, but no, I just found it funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I think that's all we have for today. Yeah. I guess, oh, actually, I just wanted to say that, um, well, while Andrew said there's, you know, there's there's lots of work to be done to get to that point of feeling that joy and playfulness again you can find joy in the process of doing this work it doesn't need to be seen as a, a challenge or a difficult thing to do or an unpleasant thing to do because when you know that there's joy and lightness and playfulness at the end of this you will probably start to enjoy the process I think we've mentioned before, Andrew, haven't we, that we, we've we got to a point where emotions come up. We kind of see it as a game to deal with them. Um, I like to see it as a, a game of rounders where <laughs> when the tennis ball comes towards me, aka an emotion, I just like to bat it out of the park. Um, and just seeing life as a game can make it more joyful as well. Yeah, I hope you're better at uh, batting away emotions than you are at rounders. <laughs> <laughs> I was good at rounders. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, okay, so, yes. Would you like to say goodbye? Goodbye. <laughs> uh, so, just as a reminder, we do regular spiritual retreats where we guide you to surrender. And as Fran briefly mentioned earlier, we do do um, a lot of activities in order to help your inner child come out and get rid of all those dense layers that the inner child is hiding behind. And we often see people, don't we, throughout the retreat become more playful, more joyful, more dancing, uh, not take life so seriously. And it's just so beautiful to see everyone's inner child come out. Very much so. And weirdly, we've sort of noticed it's usually on the third or fourth day. Yeah. That there's this shift. Yeah. <laughs> and how can people book? Uh, you'll find a link in the description of the podcast. Okay. And yes, thank you so much for joining today. Uh, we look forward to catching up again with you next week. And see you soon. Bye. <laughs>